The Money Show. Business Unusual. Graham Codrington joining us. He's a futurist and partner at Tomorrow Today. Graham, a very good evening and welcome to the show. Thank you. Good evening to you, Africa. We're talking about anti-fragility and that it is not just resilience. If it's not just resilience, what is it? <laughs> uh, you know, I think at the start of a of an education year, the start of a business year, I wanted to uh, look at maybe businesses that are doing something a little unusual and give a gift of a word. And it's this word anti-fragile. Uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb is the guy we must credit. Back in 2010, he he wrote a book called Anti-Fragile. He's the author of The Black Swan. And I think people have probably heard of that concept. And what anti-fragility is, it's it's not a word we have in our languages. Uh, we know what fragile is. If, if, if you drop something, it smashes. Um, and we sort of know what resilient is. If, if you get knocked down, you can get back up again and you can, uh, you know, dust yourself off and get back into the fight. Uh, but what he intended, and I and I think this is something that would be valuable for us to think about, is he says anti-fragile is, is not just resilient. It's something that gets stronger when it takes a hit. It's something that gains from disorder and gets better during disruption. And I don't know about you, Africa, but I'm a little bit tired of being resilient <laughs> as a South African. And I, I, I think I this so. anti-fragility thing, exactly, this anti-fragility thing, resilience is part of it, of course. You you have to have resilience to be anti-fragile. But I think we need to do better than just resilience. We need to work out how do we not just survive 2023? How do we thrive and actually get better uh, as uh, the world throws things at us in 2023. So that's the concept. And I suppose to further explain it, before we look at examples from business, uh, we can look to nature, right? Our muscles, 95 of us, and, 95% of New Year's Eve resolutions yeah. are around fitness, and you need to <laughs> almost injure your muscles in order to make them stronger. Well, that's exactly right. You know, when you go to gym and you're pushing yourself to to lift weights uh, that are heavier than you've lifted before, or uh, like me, if you're a runner, you want to run further or maybe run faster. Uh, part of the reason that your muscles actually hurt is because you've actually just torn them, just just slightly. And and here are some of the lessons that we can take from that. If you if you tear your muscles too much, you've actually broken them. The, you know, if a massive wind comes through in your garden, to give another example, and blows your trees over, the the, the trees are dead. And 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 you know, if your if your muscles are ripped, uh, you need to take some weeks and months off to recover. But if you do it just enough, just enough stress, and give yourself time for recovery. So there's an, another principle that would be part of it. There needs to be recovery in this. Uh, if, if if a tree is is pushed by some wind and then it grows a little bit stronger if your muscles are just uh, stretched a little bit and then after recovery they grow back stronger. We see anti-fragility all around us uh, uh, in, in nature and in, in the world. And um, so it's part of the world that we live in. Uh, but as I say, we don't really have this word. We, we haven't really brought it into our language. Now, uh, turning to business, we are suppose still recovering really from the recession brought on around the world as a result of lockdown um, because of COVID-19 and the pandemic and that devastated uh, various sectors altogether. Add to that challenge in South Africa uh, 
today, we're talking of stage six load shedding. Are there any examples of uh, industries or entities that have really faced a few knocks and have come out strong on the other end? Well, for me, this was the business unusual part of this. Is I, I've been doing some work over the last few years to try and track businesses that actually did not just better than they expected during COVID, but almost better than anybody could have expected uh, during COVID. And to try and see if some of these principles of anti-fragility apply to them. Of course, we have to acknowledge that there were some businesses devastated by COVID and possibly beyond their control. I'm thinking the tourism or the hospitality industries. And so there's an example of too much stress. But there are a lot of industries where if they are able to engage with the stress and are able to adjust to the stresses that come, um, and then, and there's a few interesting principles. So they look a little bit further ahead than other businesses. They try and anticipate some of these forces coming. They build strong ecosystems uh, around them so that they are not just relying on their own expertise, but they, they're more open than closed businesses. A good example uh, of that one maybe uh, to help people get this concept in their heads is the airline industry. If, if an airplane crashes, immediately investigators are sent to the crash site. They, they, they get into the crash. They look for that black box. They unpack uh, the data. And as soon as possible, they share that information with the entire industry. They don't keep it just for themselves and say, well, this will give us an advantage because they realize that if the whole industry is seen as unsafe, then nobody's going to fly. So it's in everybody's interest to share that information for the whole sector, if you like, to get better. And I think sectors, and I think in South Africa, I I think we saw some of that kind of attitude uh, in the mining sector. I think we've seen some of that kind of attitude in our financial sectors. Um, And I think if we look at the JSE over the last uh, week, we can see some of the industries that have had massive bounce backs. Uh, I think some of this anti-fragility and some of the anti-fragility principles uh, are in play in those industries. One of the most overused terms is that of disruptor. So I'm going to use it anyway. Um, Who would be those disruptors in these entities, in these industries who will go, yes, we are facing knocks now, but here are the uh, low-hanging fruit opportunities. Or if we apply our mind and invest a bit more, we can actually realize that even bigger opportunity that will stand us in good stead, even when there is no pandemic or any knock that is uh, coming at us? That's a great question, uh, Africa. And I, I think the way I would answer it is that obviously when a crisis hits you, your instinct as a business leader is to batten down the hatches. And that often means looking to cut costs as much as possible. And of course, you need to do that if you can. But the danger is that when you start cutting off what you think is fat, you end up cutting off some muscle as well. And what I've seen is that the businesses that have been successful in the last three three years and are now looking pretty good, actually, are those that realized you need a little bit of excess capacity in the system, whatever that might mean. Not, Not too much fat, but If you want innovation, if you uh, want resilience, if you want uh, productivity gains through creativity and creative ideas, you're never going to get that 
if all of your team are engaged 100% of their time and maybe even 110, 120%, they, they're digging into their evenings and their weekends. And, and there's a lot of companies who've been very productive in the last two years, but that productivity is masking the exhaustion of their teams. And they're starting this year in January exhausted already. That's not good. And you won't, that's fragile, not anti-fragile. And the companies that have a little bit of excess capacity, and I think these are the disruptors, they employed more people rather than laid people off. They guaranteed that their star performers were kept on board during the lockdown, even if that was financially difficult. And I think they're going to reap the rewards now. Absolutely. Sadly, we probably need to be more anti-fragile because there's more chaos coming, isn't there? Well, for me, this is why I'm kind of, I've written anti-fragile on a big poster and put it up on the wall here in my office, because I, I think it's more than resilience. I think it's more than just gritting our teeth and waiting for the next hit to come. I think part of an anti-fragility is also trying to anticipate the hits that could come, seeing if we can dodge them as well. It's not always possible, but uh, instead of waiting for somebody else to fix the problem, or maybe standing around the weekend braai and complaining that everything's collapsing and there's nothing that can be done, it's about working out uh, what anti-fragility might mean in your system. Personally, maybe in your family, maybe in your team, if you're a business leader, maybe across the entire organization. Um, and I don't think there's a single answer to that question, but I do think it's the right question and hopefully can guide people uh, to to taking more, uh, I don't know if control is the right word, but taking more responsibility for engaging with the chaos and the disruption around us. Uh, so how do we do it in 2023 as as companies, as teams, as individuals? You alluded to, to, to the latter part of it, I suppose, in your previous answer just now. Mm. Well, so let let me be practical then, and I and I'm seeing this in a lot of the uh, uh, companies that I'm looking at. They are taking some time out on a very regular basis. Uh, a number of the clients I work with uh, engage with something we call a five minutes from the future conversation uh, at their weekly team meeting. And whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes, it's not a lot of time. The key is that it's more regularly done. Those people who know the agile methodology will 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 recognize the, the sort of daily check-in uh, routine that the agile methodology recommends. And the conversation is simply this question. What do we need to do this week to be more anti-fragile? And once you've put the concept into your head, once you've begun to realize that this is not just about surviving the knocks, but it's about becoming stronger when times get tougher, uh, the conversations you will have with your team uh, will really unlock uh, secrets. A quick example uh, from an industry that we're talking about because it's the first week back at school for the, the inland schools. Um, I do a lot of work with schools and teachers, and there is not one single teacher that I have ever met where if I ask her, what would you do if you were the, the head teacher of the school? What one thing would make a big difference? There's not a single teacher who has to think more than two seconds before they give me a great idea. And they might be constrained by resources, by time, um, by the systems, but they've got the ideas. And so if you as a leader of a team can give your team the opportunity to share their ideas, 
some of them you'll be able to implement and you'll be able to take small steps and then eventually bigger steps to become anti-fragile. Well, business unusual indeed. Anti-fragility, that's a word you're going to be paying attention to in 2023. I wonder, uh, I don't know, 11 days into the new year, whether we can call it the word of the year already. Graham Cotrington, thank you very much for your time. Graham is a futurist and partner at Tomorrow Today. It's 19 minutes past seven. 702. SMS Bruce. On 31702.